The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, indeed, it feels like a desert here today, uh, talking to you from Malibu, California, the site of the fires. And uh, today's show is going to be What I Learned in the Fire. There's a movie out right now, What I Lost in the Fire, uh, or words to that effect. Well, this is what I learned in the fire, and hopefully some of the things that, uh, uh, being very near the Malibu fires, um, have brought home to me might well be helpful in terms of uh, giving some perspective on your own life as well. So I'm sitting here in Malibu, uh, very, very hot. The heat is a result of uh, both the Santa Ana winds and also the heat from the fire. One of the things that people don't realize is um, just how hot it gets uh, just being anywhere near the fire, I mean, amazingly hot for how close you are, um, it, it just, uh, it's just very overwhelming. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> at first I was thinking, well, I, maybe I won't do the show today because, um, because it's a very funny state, a strange state that you find yourself in. Um, when you're looking out the window every two minutes waiting to see whether the fire has gotten closer to you. And then I figured the show must go on, and there are really some things that I think, uh, sort of some, some, um, epiphanies, some moments of epiphany that I found out in these last few days that, uh, that I thought I would like to share. Um, the, first of all, this, uh, the fire started on, in Malibu on Sunday morning. It was one of the first, at that time there were only three fires, um, around the time that, uh, I first turned on the television set and, uh, heard about the fires, um, down the street. And, um, but before I, I heard about it from the media, um, I had, I was supposed to, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I was supposed to leave here at, um, seven to go to an 8.30 um, horseback riding lesson. I do a bunch of those a week. Um, and uh, I woke up and the wind was incredibly strong. And I thought to myself, well, I hope um, my trainer is all, I hope there aren't going to be lessons um, in my stable this morning because I, I hope that, that they realize that this probably isn't good weather to have riding lessons it's all the stable is also near um the malibu fires and um i thought well um you know let's just hope that they're all realizing that we probably uh, shouldn't this isn't good weather to be to be both driving to the stable um because it really was not very safe to drive um or also not very safe for the horses because they get very spooked when it's um very windy weather especially when things start blowing you know f- bales of hay or uh 
unstable doors start blowing in the wind and, and making loud noises. You know, all kinds of things um, happen in the wind that frighten the horses. So I'm lying there in bed thinking, well, I called up and canceled, and I, I'm lying there thinking, oh, I hope my trainer didn't come, um, and she's going to be upset with me <laughs> that I didn't come for my 830 um, lesson. And as I'm uh, thinking about all of that and feeling guilty that I didn't go and I should have gone and all of that, um, my mother, who is here with me uh, for right, for these couple of months uh, to promote her book, those of you who heard the show a few weeks ago, we heard her talk about her new children's book, Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. So she's um, out in Los Angeles uh, from New York to be starting the promotion of her book. And so she was here, and she happened to turn on the radio, and that's when we first um, started hearing about uh, the fact that these winds have indeed brought what people were afraid they were going to bring, and that is not only fire danger, but an actual fire. As of now, um, I don't think that they have yet found the cause of the original fire in Malibu. They, the last that I know, and, and this seems to be what they've been saying all along, but they still don't really, they won't know until uh, a while later when they've had a chance to investigate further, but it seems like it started from some downed power lines. Um, you know, the wind blowing down the power lines and that, and uh, those lines crossing and uh, sparking and starting a fire. Um, ironically, it started in around the same place that there was a fire here not long ago. Uh, I don't actually rem- remember, maybe a year ago or something like that. But nothing, nothing it wasn't a, a major, certainly not like this, um, but there was a fire that spread very quickly a while ago, and it started in approximately the same place, uh, that corner of PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, and Malibu Canyon. So um, we started watching the television and and, um, and paying attention to it and kind of being concerned. Um, as I started to say, at that time, there were two other fires also. One was in Castaic, and I don't remember where the other one was, um, but it, it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't near me, so I wasn't, uh, I don't remember. But, um, but the thing was, while we were able to watch all of this unfold on television, even though it was scary and, uh, of course your mind races, uh, onto all kinds of things, but there was some sense of being, if not in control, at least feeling that things were manageable. Because, um, because you could see it on the television. You would know where, where it was spreading to. You know, they put up maps and they showed photos and, I mean, um, uh, well, video camera, television, <laughs> uh, images. And, um, and there was a sense of at least knowing that being, feeling that you would be able to know whether it was coming close enough to where you should start packing and getting ready to make plans to leave and gathering things together. But it wasn't long when um, the television, uh, at least the channels that were showing the local fires, uh, somehow went out. The cable didn't totally go out at first. Um, there were other channels, but those channels on Sunday were not really showing very much in terms of the fires because it hadn't become the whole state yet that was up in flames. So you really weren't able to get much information from watching these other channels. 
Um, so then, then that sense of control, or at least manageability, was lost. Um, then uh, we were listening to it on the radio, you know, the local radio stations, um, to hear about it, which of course isn't as good because it's not as good hearing. You don't get a feeling of really knowing where the fire is uh, when you're listening to the radio as you do when you're seeing it on television. But there was still somewhat of a sense. And then on uh, Monday... There was um, still no television, no local television uh, access uh, about the fire, but there was the radio. But then, uh, Monday morning, all of a sudden, the electricity went out. So now, so now we were reduced to, thank goodness we had a radio with batteries. One thing that is definitely a, a must in a and an emergency kit that, of course, we all need to have now more than ever. Um, but at least we were able to listen to the local radio station by a, uh, a radio with a battery-powered radio. However, <laughs> um, you know, then there was, uh, there was um, of course, you know, not having electricity, one could hope that it was going to come on before the nighttime, and it didn't. Um, last night there was the electricity didn't come on until this morning and so you know there were all kinds of other things that it, 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 all of a sudden it gets a lot scarier when now you don't not only do you not have television um, but you only have radio and you only have it on a on a battery powered radio that you're worried is going to go out and you don't have any um, uh, electricity to provide light if you needed to make your final preparations as to what to put in the car and what to take or what you would do if you had to leave. Um, going back again to Sunday, of course you start thinking of all kinds of things like, oh, why didn't I get the, the uh, gardener to cut the palm fronds from the palm trees? Uh, this is a fire hazard. If an ember comes towards the house, those palm fronds, uh, the dead ones are going to be the ones you know that's a very big hazard. They could actually catch fire very easily. Um, then you think about you know what else is is around your house that could catch fire and how how fireproof is your house? Luckily, really, my roof is pretty fireproof, and most of the things around the house we did do the um, the uh, cut the except for the dead palm fronds. <laughs> We did cut the uh, the garden back, uh, the number of feet that you're supposed to and all of that. Um, so that part was somewhat comforting. But on Sunday, um, it, before it got dark, uh, we went around the house and gathered things that seemed important, which is another lesson. What is it that you would take with you if you had to leave the house? Um, what is really important? You start looking around and you realize you know, that they're really, I mean, it's its either all important or none of it is important. Um, it's really hard to to take, make those priorities, uh, decide what's a priority. I mean, obviously things like photographs, um, because, you know, you, those you don't want, um, those are irreplaceable. And, of course, well, starting with people and pets, you make sure that uh, everyone in your family is safe and that you have a plan to 
to take your pets. I have a dog and a cat, and so I had to have a plan for um, how, what we would bring to take care of them and what we would bring them in. And um, and then you start looking at your, well, of course, the hard drive on the computer. <laughs> That's valuable because... Uh, because so much is on that. Um, but then you start looking at other so-called valuables. And really, you know, valuable in what sense? From a monetary sense? So do you pick the things that are worth the most amount of money? Or, um, or, this, or do you pick things that are your favorites? Um, you have to, you, you need to take documents, things like, uh, contracts that you've made that are important, insurance documents, um, I one of the first things that I grabbed, even though yes, there are copies elsewhere, um, are copies of my books. Uh, didn't want to lose. Didn't wanted to make sure I had at least one of each. Um, things of, for that have nostalgia value. I have teddy bears from the time that I was a little girl, and and those were important to me. Um, you know, you realize that the things that are the most expensive are not necessarily the things that are really the most valuable to you if you don't have um, a lot of time to decide. It also, walking around the house also made me realize that there is so much that I need to just get rid of. Um, you know, there was just too much to go through to decide what was valuable, and it was clear when it's kind of a life-and-death decision, that really it isn't important to keep a lot of these other things around. So I sort of made a note to self um, to to do a clean sweep and uh, give a lot of things away and, and throw a lot of things away and, and just do that whole triage um, and, and simplify my life and, and uh, really get down to the things, you know, almost the things, everything that you would take with you if you had to leave. In other words, if if it isn't valuable enough, um, and I, I'm not talking about monetarily, but if it isn't important enough to you to take, then really, do you really need this sitting around, <laughs> um, you know, forever? I mean, there's so much that really you can get rid of and, and give away or throw away um, that it kind of makes you look at, at your things in a lot different uh, from a lot different perspective and realize that uh, we clutter up our life so much and with with some with things with uh, appointments that was another thing you know what really was important to do on Sunday and Monday and today and how much was just clutter and really not all that necessary so it's really um, kind of a soul searching valuable lesson to learn to start looking around your environment and looking in your appointment book to decide what really is essential to your life. What would you really not want to lose? When we come back, we'll talk more about what I learned in the fire. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
The Kerry Douglas Show with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Kerry Douglas Show with Kerry Douglas, your premier source for faith-based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you from Malibu, California, with uh, my eyes burning and my throat burning and um, being grateful, however, <laughs> to be sitting inside my house and looking out on the ocean and um, feeling um, somewhat protected for the moment, at least. Uh, although when the winds when the winds pick up, um, really any kind of an ember can uh, can fly from pretty far away. Um, I was talking about how uh, I went from, in a heartbeat, worrying about my riding, le- missing my riding lesson. And don't get me wrong, I'm passionate about riding. I would, uh, um, that's one of my favorite things to do in the world. But worrying about missing a lesson to, in a heartbeat, worrying about my house burning down and the Malibu fires that were encroaching and uh, still are pretty nearby. Um, it just kind of, uh, that's one of the lessons <laughs> of um, realizing, um, you know, just how how much we should appreciate, how much we take for granted. This is kind of a lesson that's similar to the lesson that a lot of us learned from 9-11, um, that really we take so much for granted that we have instead of appreciating it to the fullest every day. And then when something comes that really threatens to take it all away, all of a sudden we realize, oh, no, um, you know, this was, we really had so much to be thankful for. Um, 
my cars are parked uh, with uh, packed, with, parked and packed with um, things that I would want to take away um, should the fire become get any closer. Um, when uh, one thing I wanted to tell you about that's so important to to appreciate, and that is um, how easily and quickly we become paralyzed in um, with a kind of lethargy that comes over you when there's this kind of situation. I mean, it's sort of paradoxical because, yes, on the other hand, if the fire was lapping at my feet right now, um, I, I would imagine that I'd be able to run through the front door pretty quickly. But while you're sitting here watching television, while the television works, um, actually today they... I still don't have television in terms of the local channels that are covering it well, but Fox News has begun covering it. So I have been somewhat glued to Fox News, watching, um, watching, trying to keep a watch and some sense of of managing what's going on, where the fire is, and just how, um, you know, what what preparations uh, I need to be making, what else uh, I need to do. Um, you know, years ago there was a fire I, when I lived in Calabasas, um, which is also in a very wooded, uh, you know, it's it's the Santa Monica Mountains, and and um, which is also what Malibu is, uh, the other side of the mountain. Um, but it's all very wooded and beautiful to live in, and that's kind of the price we pay uh, living in these areas, living in nature, which is incredible, but it's also taking the risk. Um, of having these fires and, and uh, other natural disasters. And about in the early 90s, there was a fire when I lived in Calabasas that was also um, a very huge fire um, and that came came right down to uh, the, the road right across from my house. Um, and, in fact, my neighborhood had been asked to uh, evacuate or told to evacuate and I must admit, I refused. Um, I'm not. I'm not advising anybody to do that. It was, um, you know, it's obviously very dangerous. Um, but I was felt like a pioneer and wanted to. And I was out there spraying uh, my roof with a hose and water um, throughout much of the night. And um, fortunately, at some point, uh, a fire truck parked itself outside in front of my house. And I spent the rest of the night providing coffee to the firemen and feeling much better, <laughs> although uh, much better until the fire then came down, you know, right right across the street. And at that point, I guess I didn't realize at that time that uh, how easily fires can cross the road, um, and, like like the fire is doing currently in in many places throughout California, especially with the winds. You know that makes a big difference too. That it's so easy across the road because all it takes is one um, wind that blows an ember across the road. But at the time, I was sort of living in this uh, naive paradise of thinking that it wouldn't cross the road. Um, that was one fire, and then after surviving that, I then had a fire in my in my guest house um, in Calabasas. Um, oh, like five years or so. That was in '99. And um, that was scary, and that was an electrical fire uh, from a Mr. Coffee. Anybody out there who has Mr. Coffee, throw it away, because uh, I learned from the firemen afterwards, as they were cleaning up the mess, um, or, well, not cleaning up, but as they were 
I guess spring and and had had finished spring um, the fire that Mr. Coffees are very have been known apparently for um, starting fires and this Mr. Coffee wasn't even on making coffee. It was plugged in, and the clock was running. Um, you had a clock on it, but it hadn't been used for making coffee in quite some time. But apparently, just being plugged into the wall, um, there's something, some malfunction and some problem, and um, and that in itself can be dangerous. So <laughs> do yourself a favor. If you are sitting there with a Mr. Coffee anywhere in your house, just throw it out. Um, it will save you a fire. Obviously, not all Mr. Coffees have uh, erupted spontaneously in flame, but enough of that. It's not that expensive. It'll, it's worth it's worth throwing it out and not giving it to anybody, but actually throwing it out to not have that happen to you. If I can save one person from having a fire with this commentary about Mr. Coffee, I will be pleased. Um, so I have, I have lived through two fires. <laughs> Previously, and um, I mean, two one close call and, and one actual fire, and it is really the results of a fire. Um, once the cameras go away, and you know, people now are in shock. You see people being interviewed on television or on the radio, and um, you know, they come up with something. Of course, the questions that they're asked are so, you know, how do you feel, or you know, how did it feel to just lose your house? Um, Really ridiculous questions, but uh, they muster answers. But the real tragedy, the real grief comes afterwards. And I can tell you, after having lost just my guest house, um, not even my whole house, but going through what you have to go through after that, you have vultures coming to you, um, offering, uh, I'll never forget, these people who somehow, people... Um, who have businesses who are related to um, fires have um, ways of hearing on their, oh, I don't even know what you call it now, or I can't think of it, um, their radios, some kind of special radio. They are able to hear when when fire engines are called to a particular location. And then they swarm the location with all kinds of offers to help you. And the problem is you're feeling incredibly helpless and sad and you're crying and you're or in shock. Um, and when people come to, to say that they're going to help you, of course the natural tendency is to be grateful and to accept their help. Unfortunately, a lot of these people um, are really very just out to be, I'm not going to say all of them, but certainly the ones that I've encountered are just out there to make money off of you and your tragedy. And so I had, for example, a uh, cleaning company that came and made this great offer to clean all these things, and they took away my stuff, and they were going to clean it all, and they got me to, to give them more stuff than I probably needed to give them. Um, and then they wound up damaging a whole bunch of it and charging a fortune. So, and then there was uh, the insurance adjuster, who who also came. Right, they they were they were there almost as quickly as the uh, fire trucks were there. I'm talking about now the fire in my guest house when uh, after those fire trucks came. Um, 
and they were very uh, eager to get my business to be an adjuster. Well, as it turned out, I mean, they they became more difficult uh, to deal with than just the insurance company would have been. Sometimes you do need adjusters. It really does depend upon your insurance company and your relationship with your insurance agent and all of that. But in this case, um, these ins- so-called insurance adjusters or or what are they called? It's not, uh, it wasn't from my insurance company, but they were, anyhow, they were not very helpful, and they just made everything more complicated. And then, of course, depending upon what kind of insurance you have, if you have the kind of insurance where you have to buy something before you get re- the replacement value, um, instead of having uh, a, the kind of insurance where you just where you're able to get things replaced without you having to first lay out the money to replace it, I mean, that all becomes a complicated situation, especially if a lot has burned and it would cost a lot of money to actually replace it before you eventually um, get not all of the money that it costs you to replace it, but just a portion. So when I see these people now, you know, having gone through these experiences myself, on television talking about, you know, that they're in the shelter and that everybody's so nice to them. And, I mean, that's all great, but we really need to feel more sorry for these people than the fact that they have uh, um, a hot coffee and a cot because, really, the, the, the it takes forever to recuperate from the loss. And, and from it takes all of your time to deal with your insurance companies if you're fortunate enough to have insurance. Um, but it, it it's just a, a total, it just absorbs all of your energy for the next year or more um, before you, you are able to, to make a list of everything you had and to prove it and to go through the arguments. And, I mean, it is just incredibly, incredibly draining. So it's yes, of course, it's wonderful to get out with your life and with your pet's life and, and all of that. And I guess it's probably these experiences that I had myself, that and an earthquake, <laughs> that uh, makes me even more concerned being in the, in the uh, line of danger because I know just how what comes after the fire or what comes after the earthquake and just how exhausting all of that is, that that's when the real loss comes. So I don't mean I don't want to sound I have to get back to uh, some of the spiritual lessons that I learned because it's not all doom and gloom, but I do want you to be appropriately um, sympathetic to all of the people who have actually lost because it's not just going to be cured by their finding a hotel to stay in or a, or a um, uh, being treated well by the Red Cross, although of course that's an important start. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. I'm talking to you today about what I learned in the fire. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. 
Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking today about what I learned in the fire and extremely grateful that so far um, the Malibu fires have not quite gotten to where I am and hopefully uh, hopefully they will get under control before not only before they get to me but before they uh, affect any other people as well um, it is really uh, a very very tragic situation you know um, one of the things that I've been thinking about too is how um, indeed with global warming uh, not only are we going to be having all kinds of uh, weather problems, um, storms, and and you know melted ice caps, and um, all the things that we have heard about, but um, in terms of fires, the because of the um, uh, warming and because of the the changes in the wind pattern and all of that, we may well um, have to expect more situations that are that make themselves very um, uh, put our 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 lands um, at more risk for fires because of the winds because of the heat and so on and so um i mean that's depending upon where you live but uh at other and other places certainly more at risk for floods and and other things that we've been hearing about so so we really need to, and we, we saw what happened in um, after Hurricane Katrina. Um, of course, I saw uh, apparently they're talking about how FEMA is working better in California uh, this time, 
for this set of of uh, disasters. Um, I really don't know how true that is, but I mean, it seems to me, for example, I keep looking at at the pictures and wondering why there are not more firemen and fire trucks here um, from other states and and. Uh, I mean, I know part of it is a question of money, just how much um, is who's going to be paying for what. But it seems to me that uh, that there really is a shortage of manpower, um, and uh, I'm, I, I certainly hope that that continues to be uh, rectified over the next hours and days. Um, but it's, it does prove that we need, all of us need to be wherever we live and whatever the most likely, the, the biggest likelihood is of, of disaster, whatever kind of disaster seems to be most, most likely wherever you live. Um, the bottom line is that you do need to have an emergency kit um, all prepared and an emergency plan all prepared. Um, you know, what happens is that most people watch these things on, just like we all watched Hurricane Katrina, uh, those of us who were not in Hurricane Katrina, we watched and we said, you know, um, oh yes, I need to make a, just in case a disaster happens to me, I need to make a disaster plan and a disaster kit and all that, and I wonder how many people have done that. And um, it really, it really is something that cannot continue to be put off because when you are in the middle of it, you all of a sudden start realizing what you are deficient in, what we didn't have. And, and uh, um, I drove out yesterday realizing when we were down to, when we didn't have any more electricity, or, or even before that, when we didn't have the proper television channels. Um, I uh, had to drive down to the nearest store where I could get some batteries to make sure that we didn't run out of batteries for the battery-powered radio, which was our one link to the world, um, and also more water. We really had let the water level um, go down low. I mean, yes, there is there was still water in the sink, but uh, you worry about whether that is going to be um, disrupted by the fires. So, um, so really, it points out. <laughs> You get a quick lesson in how prepared you aren't when um, when something happens, and that's not the time to start realizing what you should have have done already. Um, fortunately, you know there were things that we did have, uh, lots of flashlights and and um, you know various other things, but but um, you realize what you're missing when this happens, which is not the time to realize it. It also brings out a lot of other interesting controversies. There was something recently in Malibu. There was some news about how um, there was a whole battle in the city council as to whether or not fires, um, fires were campfires were going to be allowed in certain parks, and uh, they some group who had wanted that to be allowed uh, got it passed. I certainly hope they're going to rethink that at least for now while the the uh forest while the brush is in such because of not having enough water for a long time everything is so dry so obviously this is not a time to be allowing campfires in the um in the parks which are all around us um Another uh, problem is is um, a road, access to a road. There's a controversy in Malibu about a certain road that uh, a private developer wants to have uh, 
become a private road and take it away from being a public road, which is really necessary um, in order to have another way out in terms of fire. Um, there are all these things that that you know that are sort of on the in the back burner, so to speak. <laughs> Poor choice of words, <laughs> back burner. But anyway, um, that come to the forefront when. Um, when you you have to start thinking about these things when there is a fire at your doorstep. Um, it is amazing, though, how, as I was starting to talk about before, this sense of lethargy or this sense of um, uh, being paralyzed and glued to, to a radio or a television. Um, we can't be glued to the Internet because uh, the power is out on the Internet, the cable is out on the internet so i haven't had internet since um, the fire since we lost the uh, television stations as well um, but you know of course you start praying uh... something that uh... shouldn't just be reserved for emergencies and it isn't with me but um, if if you're one of those people who don't believe in praying and it's amazing how uh... that will change when you're in, in the face of a disaster but praying um, is something good to do, and also uh, since I believe in in visualization a lot, um, kind of like the secret and all of that, um, uh, I kept visualizing um, my house being protected by a an invisible shield, you know, kind of like that old commercial for uh, for toothpaste. <laughs> um, where uh, so that nothing could get to the house. Um, I would suggest if you are um, in that kind of a situation that you use whatever visualization works for the kind of situation that you're in. Um, you can't really sleep when you're going through this. I really haven't been sleeping uh, Sunday night or Monday night. Not, I've, gotten, I've gotten cat naps here and there, but you can't really sleep because you always, you know, you have one ear one eye open, one ear open, um, being ready to spring into action if something were to happen where you actually had to leave. Um, also, the wind does, is even even um, even actually Saturday night. I didn't really sleep uh, because the wind was so strong, and that was um, that was going into Sunday morning, which is what made me stay home uh, from riding in the first place. Um, you so every so you're you're looking out the window you're smelling smoke you're look, seeing how much whether the smoke uh, is seems stronger than it was an hour ago you look out all different directions around your house to see whether what the smoke what color the smoke is what direction the wind is blowing um whether and what direction where the fire is whether so there was that blowing the the fire towards you or away from you and of course where we are there's actually there's another fire, not in Malibu, but that uh, further away, but uh, that could conceivably come in this direction too. So um, you're you're sort of like a weather vane, constantly going around and, and checking um, what the situation is. Um, but this lethargy of not being able to do anything, not really being up to doing work every time the telephone um, rings, well, that's another thing. Um, you see who you who your friends are. You see who calls you to find out how you are, and it's really interesting. That, that's been a, a lovely experience to see um, sometimes people who I haven't heard from in a long, long time but who know I live in Malibu um, call just to see if I'm okay. And, and that there's something really sweet and, and, um, and buoying, 
you know, uplifting about that. Uh, that's one of the positive things about being in this kind of situation. Um, people offering to let you stay in their place if you have to evacuate. Because it is kind of uh, difficult if you have pets um, uh, to figure out. I mean, you can't just go to the Hilton <laughs> or wherever um, and check yourself in and, and uh, with your pets. Um, it's, it's not... Um, it's not every hotel that will allow you to uh, to bring pets with you. Um, so, so that's another thing. So really, you know, you start thinking of, well, what friend or what relative uh, is nearby and, and where can I crash? Um, but then sometimes people are calling from far away who don't have a clue where you live and don't really care <laughs> and just want you to attend to whatever it is um, that they need at the moment, and really, um, when your brain is a little fuzzy, it's kind of hard to do that. So, you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We need to take a break. I'm your fuzzy psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and when you come back, I'll tell you more about what I learned in the fire. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america Carla St. Rose Ryan is a woman on a mission to educate and inform single mothers and parents everywhere to the dangers that their children face while they're not looking and how they can protect their children's innocence. Join Carla every Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Pacific for Breaking the Silence on the Voice America channel. Be a part of the solution. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 
472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today about what I learned in the fire, uh, living in Malibu, fairly near to the Malibu fires, um, and having had the experience of other fires in the past. Uh, it's not really something that you want to repeat more than once, let me tell you. <laughs> um, it's enough to go through that once in your lifetime. I still have uh, lots of things that are singed from the previous fire, the one, the, the electric fire that I had in my in my guest house, which was also where my office was, so um, uh, my home office. So a lot of things uh, got. I lost a lot of things that were um, relevant to me in terms of uh, work and and just books and all kinds of things. Uh, I mean, everything is relative, and yes, of course, it's it's. Um, I was grateful then that I had, that it was only that the that the fireman came and and it was confined to the guest house. But you know, everything becomes relative um, as far as as far as what you're grateful for. I guess the bottom line is that you need to be grateful for everything, which um, which is another thing that I do, and I. I um, I guess my my uh, gratitude journal is packed in my car. That was one of the things I wanted to save, as a matter of fact, because I wanted to re- be able to remind myself um, of all the things that I have been grateful for since I started that gratitude journal. And uh, I figured if something really bad happened to my house, that at least I would be able to remind myself of all of these things, other things that uh, there were to be grateful for. Um, and I certainly, that's another recommendation that I make to all of you, if you haven't started already, um, to go out today and buy yourself a journal, um, some nice uh, book that you, you know, buy something pretty, <laughs> or, uh, or, or if you're a guy, buy something, uh, you know, that you, that you like, something pleasant, something that you would like to write in every morning or every night. Um, where you can take time to make time every day to write in your journal and uh, be able to look over and, and remind yourself of all the things that you have to be grateful for because that's what I was saying at the beginning of the show, how being in the path of danger um, really makes you realize and take notice of the things that you sort of uh, appreciate but not enough every single day and that you really should be appreciating more um, and that you suddenly do realize that uh, you should be appreciating more when you're standing in the face of losing it. Um, You know, this also has made me think about terrorism. You probably have heard people talk about how uh, it made them think of Armageddon, the apocalypse, especially with the red sun and and the red flames and and all of that. And it made me think about how... um, if there was a well if when there's a terrorist attack how we'll be seeing um some similar kinds of things not necessarily fire but uh the same idea of well now they're saying it's or they were saying it's um half a million people have been evacuated i mean it's going to be this kind of mass uh evacuation mass displacement mass masses of people who need help and um that's the one thing that is the antidote to helplessness 
and that is volunteering, helping, um, which is actually what I plan to be doing too. Um, you know, you can do it by donating to to charities like the Red Cross who are involved with this, but even better if you're near any of these um, uh, rescue centers um, where people are or if you can even just help your neighbors. Um, that's the kind of thing that takes you away from thinking about yourself and um, and and what you lost or what you could have lost, and um, really taking yourself out of all of that and doing by doing something for somebody else. And um, that it, this is kind of a, a it's sort of a run through in a sense for something we have to get good at. I know that's sort of a strange way of putting it, but we do all have to get good at not only being prepared but also being prepared to help others because um, because there is the likelihood that uh, there's going to be more natural disasters because of global warming and more man-made disasters because of terrorism. I mean, it's, it, it was almost... It was so uh, surreal, actually, to see on the news um, the latest information about Osama bin Laden when when you're worried about a fire down the street. I mean, it, it's very hard. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the things that there are out in the world um, that one could be frightened about. Um, but the key is to be prepared ahead of time because as I was starting to say that there's this lethargy, this paralysis that takes over you and, and glues you to the to the to the media um, once you're involved in it. And so all of these things need to be thought out ahead of time. Um, I was called yesterday uh, by MSNBC to do an interview about why people are afraid of germs. Now, ordinarily, that would be something that I would love to do, and, and but I looked at the clock, and there was no way that I was going to be able to um, get to the studio in time to do that because of all the extra traffic on that particular road um, because of the fires in Malibu and the other parts of Los Angeles. So, so I couldn't do that, but I was also thinking to myself, you know, it was hard to sort of imagine getting dressed and getting out of my house um, to do something like that. You just, of course, it doesn't help that it's so hot and it's so smoky and it's so, you know, my eyes are burning and my throat is burning and all of that. Uh, none of that helps to make you feel like going out and doing something that you need energy for, but... Um, but uh, at least I, there's some comfort. I know that the cars are packed, and, and really I could get out relatively quickly. So these are some of my musings on uh, what I learned in the fire. And uh, I hope that, um, you know, I mean, really what, what you've probably been seeing up to now are people giving you these sound bites in the media. So I thought I would give you a... Uh, a complete uh, story of what it's like um, from beginning to the current day, and um, as, as hopefully a um, a way of of pointing out what really is important and how these kinds of um, being threatened by a disaster brings these some of these things to light, uh, brings out these epiphanies, makes you realize what's important and what's not, and who's important and who's not, and what's important doing and what's not, um, and how maybe simplifying your life to really um, be just the most important things uh, is the key, you know, as if 
Not that we want to live each day feeling threatened <laughs> by a fire or anything else, but, you know, it's it's that kind of being awakened from thinking that life will go on forever um, and just getting, just allowing yourself and your life to be stuffed with unimportant things or, you know, clogged up with things that really don't have to be there. Uh, just like, you know, you look around and look around and imagine what, what you would take wherever you're sitting right now. Look around and, and imagine what you would take if there was a fire and someone told you you had to get out right away. What really is important? What can you give up? What things did you, would you wish that you had? Um, not just material things, but things in your life. Would you wish that you had and that you wouldn't want to lose in a disaster or, uh, any other way? I mean, that's, these are the kinds of um, sort of life and death moments that can be really harnessed to be incredibly useful to change your life into, um, into making you think differently. And uh, I, think, I think that, um, that we do need to, to take the, the good out of each situation and to, um, to help us, to, to use it to help us change our lives for the better. So may you all be safe wherever you are. I hope if uh, anyone's listening who is also in a fire-threatened spot or a uh, disaster-threatened spot, wherever you are, that that you'll take some of these words to heart and that you will use visualization to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your your house, your, your security blanket. That's what our houses are. Uh, it's where we feel safe. So when those are threatened, it's as if our whole being is being threatened. So I wish you safe safety and uh, some epiphanies about what's really important in life. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.